This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, David, and today's game will feature the Benchwarmer team of Josh and Mason versus the team of Dan and returning guest and assisting, assistant coach to our Patreon team, Tim Geving. Let's start with Tim tonight. Tim, I know you've been on 100 times, but and we all know you, but uh, tell us how you're doing. Oh, good morning. Good evening, gentlemen. That's how well today's going. Uh, <laughs> it has been a long day, uh, but it's going great, you know, just trying to get through the doldrums of winter, but, you know, enjoying Championship Sunday as we are today, so... Great. Sounds, sounds good. And I should give you a special thanks and a special shout out because Tim actually joined and is pinch hitting absolute last minute. So Tim was on the bench ready to go. So thank you for answering our call. And uh, Dan, how you doing? And you want to tell us what your team name or something like that or give it back to Tim, whatever you're going to do. Right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm All just right. going to say I'm here <laughs> for this recording, watching the uh, Bengals Chiefs right now as we play. And, you know, if anything happens, we'll keep you updated just so, you know, when you're listening, you'll know what happened. <laughs> and then I'm actually going to throw the team name back to Tim because Tim is the architect of this team name. Tim, uh, lay it on us. I, I got an email about five, ten minutes ago. It said, hey, we need somebody. We're recording right now. So I thought, well, I'm in, but that means Dan's going to have to hold my beer. So our team name will be Hold My Beer. Perfect. I got you, bud. I got you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> How appropriate. All right. That's great. Hold my beer. Okay. So Mason, Josh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll let Mason uh, give our team name. Really? All right. Well, that's a switch. Okay. Well, you know, he's he's the one who actually, you know, had the uh, identifying part of this, but um, I'm good. Uh, that first game today was rather uh, dull after yawn. Brock Purdy got hurt and then had to come back late. I didn't, I wasn't even watching when he came back in because I was, I was over it. So, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it's good. Life's good. No complaints. All right. Mason, Mr. Celebrity, who's recently been on Restaurant Impossible. <laughs> Tell us how you're doing. Good. Although I was on there significantly less time than my fiance. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm doing well. This weekend was kind of crazy. Most of my Saturday was helping moderate at a quiz bowl tournament because I'm a nerd. It's helping out with that. And then today was just a bunch of errands going on. So it's been a crazy day, but I'm doing well. And I guess I had the team name. I kind of came up with a part of it and Josh kind of helped with the rest. So not very often I get to do this part, but David mentioned that something about like a question that I would like or something. Um, and I was trying to think, okay, it's just, I mean, if it's me, it's probably math related. And I was like, oh, so it's going to be about a- athletes were mathematicians and I could only name one off the top of my head. And so inspired by that, our team name is the John Urschel fan club. Perfect. Yes. The, the Venn diagram of mathematicians and athletes sadly is uh, has a very small intersection, but yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, I love it though. Hold my beer against John Urschel, the on John Urschel fan club opposite ends of the spectrum. Arguably Justin Fields would be a one, right? <laughs> yes. Because of the field medal. Yes. Uh, Oh boy. Do you follow um, the field medal or is that a direct reference to like Goodwill Hunting or something like that? That was you a big really think I knew what the field medal was outside of good goodwill hunting. <laughs> goodwill hunting. <laughs> I was just a guess. I figured that you would more likely know it from Goodwill Hunting. Anyway, all right. So we have Hold My Beer, John Urschel Fan Club, and we have our team. So let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. 
game will consist of four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Sorry, I had water in my mouth there. (laughs) (laughs) And that recording sounded like it was underwater anyway. Yes, it's true. All right, well, hopefully everyone understands the rules by now. So let's get on with the game. Today's first quarter will be Sporting Haikus. Sporting Haikus. For this quarter, there will be four questions in haiku form. Each question is worth 25 points. Question number one in Sporting Haikus. Champs back-to-back years, last NL team to do it, only one title since. We can check in. All right. Hold my beer as checked in. So John Urschel Fan Club, talk it out. So I sent over to Mason. I said Reds maybe because I think this is going to have to go back quite a while. Yeah, they won back-to-back in the mid-70s. Correct. And I can't think. Of an NL team who would have won back to back after them, and didn't the Reds win one in the nineties, early nineties, late eighties, yes. somewhere? Yeah, early nineties, I think. Uh, Mid nineties, yeah. some, something somewhere in there. Yes, I think they did win one. I think I think they so maybe yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I, I'm good with the Reds. I yeah, I, that, that's better. the only thing is I just couldn't think of anything in the eighties or nineties for any back to back. So go with the Reds. Let's do it. Right. We'll check in with the Cincinnati Reds. All right. And hold my beer. What did you guys have? Yeah. Um, I'll let you, I'll fill in the rest of it for you. It's the, uh, they won in 75 and 76, and then they won again in 90. Um, it's the, uh, the Reds. Both teams are receiving their points. Yeah. There have not been that many back to backs. Um, the Yankees were the last in 98 to 2000. Uh, the Blue Jays, of course, in 92 and 93. Before that, the Yankees again in 77 and 78 in the Reggie Jackson era. Yeah, before that, it was the Cincinnati Reds in 75, 76, the last NL team to actually win back-to-back World Series. And Dan is exactly right. They won again in 90 with the Nasty Boys. So well done. Well done. Points all around. Question two in Sporting Haikus. Retired last year through touchdowns, eight different teams, NFL record. We will check in. All right, John Urschel Fan Club has checked in. Hold my beer. I'll give you about 30 seconds to talk this out. Tim, if this isn't Fitzpatrick, I don't know who it's going to be. He retired last year, and he played for 23 teams. Um, he had to have thrown touchdowns for eight of them, right? I mean, that's that's the only guess I've got right now. I agree, Dan. Unless it's like some type of uh, journeyman backup like Chase Daniel or somebody like that. That's the only other thought I could have. But I, he's still playing. So, I mean, and like you said, at this point in time, last year is a, a, quite a while ago because we're talking over a year ago who, who retired then. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's not playing this year, so I think you're right. Yeah, I, th- I think his last year was with the Commanders. So, I mean, let's go ahead. Let's check uh, it. All right, we'll go with, uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right. And John Urschel Fan Club, what do you guys have? Yeah, we had basically the same. I think we covered all of them. We had nine teams, so I think probably uh, Washington. I don't know if he did throw a touchdown because he didn't really play much for them. But yeah, I didn't think it could be anybody else. So we checked in with Fitzpatrick. 
and both teams are receiving points. It is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he did retire last year, and I, on my count, he did not throw in for the Commanders. So he threw yeah. touchdowns for the Rams, Bengals, Bills, Titans, Texans, Jets, Bucks, and Dolphins. So that's points all around. Question number three of Sporting Haikus. Drafted in 05, the youngest ever drafted, mostly a Laker. We'll check in. All right. John Urshel Fan Club has checked in. Hold my beer. Talk it out. All right. Help me out here. What what draft are we talking here? 05. So. Okay. So that's going to put us at. So obviously, they're coming out of college or high school, right? Yeah. Who would have. Okay. Let me. Let me. Let me think back on who that would have, who the beginning of that draft would have been. That's uh, that's Andrew Bogut, right? Okay. It's Andrew Bynum, then. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. it. We'll check that in. All right. And John Marshall Fan Club, what did you guys have? Yeah, I had this right away. I know he was the youngest to debut in the NBA, and he's right around that time, and he played mostly for the Lakers. Um, so it all kind of pieced together. So we also checked in with Andrew Bynum. Both teams are receiving points. I actually – couldn't find verification that he actually suited up and played as the youngest player, but I know he was the youngest ever drafted because it was, it was really close. He was 17 years and 244 days when he was drafted. Jermaine O'Neal was 10, was only 12 days older. So I wasn't quite sure when they actually suited up, but maybe he was the youngest, but yes, it is Andrew Bynum and Dan, you're right. This was the Bogut draft. Uh, It's not that an impressive a draft. Bynum was number 10 probably the star of the top 10 was, was Chris Paul, who was at number four. Yeah. So don't forget Rashad yeah. McCants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Darren please? Williams was in that one. For- uh, yeah. Well, that was right after UNC won the championship. And so number two was Marvin Williams. Number five was Felton. Um, and yes, McCants was later. All right. Question number four of our sporting haikus. Eight time blocks leader traded for merchant of death. Trade seems unbalanced. We can check in. All right, Hold My Beer has checked in. John Urschel Fan Club, time to talk it out. Yeah, so Merchant of Death is Victor Boot, who was traded, I, I guess traded is the best word for it. It's not a sports trade necessarily for Brittany Griner. And uh, it does not surprise me that she would be an eight-time blocks leader, considering how dominant she is. So I, I, I can't think it's any, and I can't think of anyone else as the nickname Merchant of Death. We'll check in with Griner. All right, and Hold My Beer? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I was trying to parse this at first and trying to think of who who was called the Merchant of Death. I don't remember anybody called that. And then like, oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, it's Brittany Griner. Yes, uh, you guys saw right through my I was trying to be a little bit cute here. Uh, I figured once I lulled you into thinking it was all sports, that somebody might be trying to think of who would have a sports nickname like the Merchant of Death. Yes, Victor Boot was he was in U.S. prison for 12 years. He was an arms dealer. He sold to all kinds of horrible groups and he was, quote unquote, traded for Brittany Grinder, who had, you know, small amount of hash in a in a vaping pipe or something. So yes, it didn't it didn't seem balanced, but uh, we got Brittany Grinder back. So anyway, all right, that brings us to the end of the first quarter where everybody had a clean sweep. So hold my beer and John Urschel fan club are both at one hundred points. We wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon. If you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. 
Thanks. Today's second quarter will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question number one of our missing link. The Hornets, Pacers, and Raptors have never had an all-NBA team selection. Of the remaining teams, this franchise has the longest drought since their last all-NBA player, dating all the way back to 1979. We'll check in. Hold my beer has checked in. John Urschel Fan Club, about a minute to talk it out. Talking about Chris Webber here for the moment. I think you'd be more likely to make it as a king. Right. I was just, than, my, than my first two thoughts were. Wizard, bullet wizard. Yeah. Washington team, whatever. Yeah, because yeah. my first two thoughts were either the Wizards or Kings, and then I thought about him because he played for both of them back to back. I um, I have to imagine he had a good chance of being a first team with one of those seasons in Sacramento. Yeah, like the early two thousands. Yeah. After I, you you first came up with the Wizards slash Bullets, and I mean they were pretty good in the late seventies, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would probably have been like Elvin Hayes or something. Yeah, yeah. He and I can't there. think of anybody that they would have had that necessarily yeah. would have been a first team. Wall and Beal are, have been solid at times, but neither of them would have been first team. Not first team, no. And yeah, I, I can't think of anyone else. No, I think I think that's the safest bet to go with. We're going to go with the Washington Wizards slash Bullets. Okay, and hold my beer. What'd you guys have? Yeah, we were... Along the same lines, I threw around the Trailblazers because I didn't know if actually uh, at any early early 90s, what have you, they actually had Clyde or what have you made the uh, first team. So uh, then we kept thinking, and Dan came back around to the Wizards or the Bolts at the time. And so we're going to check in with the Wizards. Both teams are receiving points. Well done. And just to sort of fill out some of the teams that I heard you discussing, yeah, the Blazers, uh, Damon Lillard uh, made it in just, I don't know, maybe five years Makes ago sense. last time. And who else were you talking about? Oh, the Chris Webber did in fact make it with the Kings. So I think you, I think we covered off on that one. Yeah. I mean, it's not really that close. I mean, most teams have had one this century and the only ones that sort of go back even close to reaching that far, like Patrick Ewing was the last Nick to make it, but that was in the late eighties. Carl Malone made it in the last nineties. He was the last guy from Utah. Who else was on the list? Oh, Dominique Wilkins made it, but that was mid eighties. So yeah. And Washington and Seattle, I mean, no one would actually remember this. Certainly Mason wouldn't remember this, but for, for history, they the Sonics and the Wizard, well, Ben Bullets, played back to back in the championships. And Elvin Hayes was part of the team. And so in 79 was when he last made all NBA first team. So the correct answer is the Washington Wizards. All right. Question number two. I apologize the length. Try to stay with me here. Question number two of our missing link. After pitching in the majors in 2013. He bounced around the minors through six different organizations, finally making it back to the majors in 2020 with the Rockies, where he won comeback player of the year and has saved more games than any other Rockies pitcher from 2020 to 2022, including 34 saves in 2022. I tried to write this clue as a sonnet 
in iambic pentameter, but it was too difficult. We'll check in. All right. John Urschel Fan Club has checked in almost immediately. Hold my beer. Time to talk it out. All right. So it's obviously something at the end there with that sonnet. Like that's okay. That's to be something with what Shakespeare, right? Billy Shake. That's how he was known to all of his friends back in right. the oh Billy Shakes, the, the late fifteen hundreds, <laughs> <laughs> on the streets. Oh, this is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> I feel like Mason now. This is I actually like this one. I'm not even gonna lie. This is, this is Daniel Bard. There were tears running down my face, Dan. I think we should check that in. It, it, that's it. That's got to yeah. be it. I agree. All right. All right. So that was a official check-in? Yeah. Through all, through all the torment. and Yeah, okay. And John Urschel Fan Club, what did you guys have? Yeah, I had this before you finished. Luckily, my video game knowledge helped because Daniel Bard is one of my relievers and it will be the show. And I know he plays for the Rockies, and that's the only thing I had. And as you were reading the last part, I was like, okay, that makes sense for Bard. And I am big pentameter, so it all kind of worked out. But yeah, check in with Daniel Bard as well. Both teams are receiving points. Yeah, I I like Daniel Bard when he was with the Red Sox, of course, as a as a Red Sox fan. But then sort of lost track of him because he had injury problems, and then he was was pretty amazing. I mean, you don't find guys who are who who are in the majors fairly successful, and then six years, seven years of bouncing around the minors, and then come back and actually do something significant. But that's Daniel Bard's trajectory. So so anyway, all right, our theme linked answers thus far are the Washington Wizards and Daniel Bard. Question number three. Along with Gary Clark and Ricky Sanders, he was part of the first NFL team to have a trio of 1,000-plus yard receivers. We'll check in. All right, John Urschel Fan Club is checking in. Hold my beer. Time to talk it out. I'm trying to remember who those guys played for. I want to say it was Washington. Okay. And they would have been around with, with Art Monk. That makes sense. Yeah, and I was just thinking of different. Um, I mean, this is. I was thinking of other prolific offenses, but you know, the Chargers, Dolphins. So it's got yeah, it's gonna be Art Monk then. All right, we'll we'll check in with Art Monk. All right, and John Arshel Fan Club. What'd you guys have? I didn't have much other than I knew Ricky Sanders played for Washington, and so I was trying to think of the time frame for that. And Art Monk was the first name that I came up with, and Josh seemed to like it as far as the time frame. So we also checked in with Art Monk. And both teams are receiving points. Yeah, they were. They were quite a show back in the day. Uh, Art Monk was was sort of the the ultimate longevity for a long time. He held the record of most number of what was it? I mean, he held a lot of records, but one of them was was most number of games in a row catching at least one pass or something, and it went on for seasons and seasons. But yeah, he was kind of the star of that group. All right, so our theme linked answers thus far are the Washington Wizards, Daniel Bard, and Art Monk. I'll go on to question number four. This NHL team was originally given this name in part because of their founder's name, even though it sounds strange based on their location. An MLB team in a different, more appropriate location for the team name would be given the same name nearly 50 years later. We'll check in. Another super fast check-in by John Urschel Fan Club. And hold my beer. Time to talk it out again. Rockies? I mean, 50 years later, so you're talking... It's got to be somewhat of a... We gotta be the Rockies up. were always in... Denver, right? In Denver, yeah. Right. No, it's, it's saying that the MLB team is in a different location than the hockey team, but yeah. it has it's more appropriate. So it's oh, 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 oh. It's the Rangers. Oh, okay. New York Rangers, Texas Ranger makes more yeah, that makes more sense than New York Rangers. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah I like it. All right, we'll check that in. All right. And John Russell Fan Club, what did you guys have? Yeah. Um basically have the same thing. I know of a particular NHL team and 
MLB team that share the same name, and it worked out for what um, McClue sounded like, so we also checked in with Rangers. Both teams are receiving points. For some reason in all of my research for this podcast, and uh, I never realized that the Rangers partially got their team, or at least, I mean, sorry, the New York Rangers, the hockey team, partially got their team name because there was a guy who was, I don't know if he was the GM or the owner or something, and his name was Tex. That was his nickname. And so they were referred to as Texas Rangers. I always thought it was dumb growing up knowing what the, a Texas Ranger was, that there would be a New York Ranger, but never really occurred to me that it was because the guy's name was actually Tex. So well done to both teams. Our themed linked answers thus far are the Washington Wizards, Daniel Bard, Art Monk, and the New York Rangers. Question number five. There was real name is Valahi. When he was paired with the Warlord as half of the powers of pain, in WWE, he went by this name. We'll check in. Hold My Beer has checked in. So the John Urschel fan club, let's hear your wrestling knowledge. Well, this Josh has nothing wrestling. to do with wrestling knowledge. <laughs> I, I have no idea uh, who who Powers of Pain are. But from uh, going off of what we believe the theme to be and Warlord, they like to always have, you know, like alliterative kind of thing sometimes. So I think this might be Warlock. You all right with that, Mason? Yeah, I, I mean, I had nothing. I've never heard of anything in this question. So, and that would make sense, Warlord and Warlock. I get that part. That makes sense. And so, yeah, it seems to fit a theme. So, sure. All right. We're going to check in with Warlock. All right. Hold my beer. What did you guys have? Well, somebody figured out the theme. <laughs> <laughs> However, this right. Tongan um, wrestler was known as the Barbarian. Uh, oh, wrong class. Ugh. It was it was <laughs> super impressive that you reverse engineered a good wrestling sounding name from the theme. I think that's awesome. So, uh, yes. So one team is receiving points. It is the Barbarian. They were the powers of pain. I won't bore you with wrestling, but our theme linked answers are the Washington Wizards, Daniel Bard, Art Monk, the New York Rangers and the Barbarian. Both teams submitted correct answers for our theme but I'm going to let the team that got it in first share what their answer was. And that actually came from Mr. Bombeck. So guess what? You you can tell us what your, what your theme guess was. Well, we have the wizards, bard, monk, rangers, warlock, and barbarian. Um, <laughs> uh, those are all Dungeons and Dragons classes. That is correct. They are all core character classes from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I can't. I can't say much about this one except for this is why I wanted Dan and Josh on separate teams. I was wondering about that. <laughs> I would not have been able to help at all. I uh, wanted to. I wanted to write another one that wasn't, you know, actors and blah blah blah. So yeah, I was. Yeah. I'm always researching for those. So anyway, as yeah, soon I as you guys, yeah, as soon as Mason sent to me rather quickly, Daniel Bard, I was like, this is D and D. Yeah. yeah, and you also clarified the beginning. It was wizard, and I was like, okay, wizard's got to be something. Yeah, so I kind yeah. of already had it on the radar a little bit. Yep. But yeah, yeah, and you know what? When I wrote the question, I, I, I sort of spaced on the fact. Of course, they were the bullets before, but then I would have to clarify because if I just said Washington, or if I let you go away with Washington bullets, <laughs> then it would obviously yeah. not have worked. So yes, well done you to both have, teams. You could have said bullets slash wizards. Yeah, or, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I could I could have got yeah for sure. Yeah. All right. So after the second quarter, we have scores of John Urschel fan club with 280. Thanks for getting, thanks to getting in the missing link a little bit ahead and hold my beer with 250. That brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. 
there will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 25 points. So for our halftime tonight, I don't know who happened to hear a recent episode that Scott hosted. It was also mentioned in some detail on an episode of BTP Presents, but Scott did a pre and post game round where one of the answers just was not at all a pre and post game. He did fever pitch. No, what was it again? It was fever pitch and perfect strangers. It was, it where was, the, no, 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 it was, it was pitch perfect strangers. No, no, no. But I mean, he did the two answers were pitch and perfect strangers. Right. Right. Okay. So <laughs> in honor of Scott, or maybe to pile on Scott, this is going to be a pre and post game round where there be no connection at all between the two answers, except for the fact that when they are put together, there will be a movie title that they make up. Oh, okay. So for example, Mason just left. No, 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 yeah. no. Mason, right. can do this. About 20 minutes. Mason can do this. Have and these night. are not, these are mostly not that hard. So for example, oh. if I said NBA team who play their home games, 15 miles from Disney world and oft injured center fielder, who is a 10 time all-star and has led the AL in war five times. The answer would be Orlando magic, Mike trout with the middle being yeah. magic, Mike. Oh boy. Okay. Oh yeah, boy. I get it. Okay. I <laughs> like fine. that one. I see. I wish that one would have been one. Oh, I got that. You can do this. This will not be that hard. So the middle connection is, is a movie. A movie is a movie. That's correct. Okay. Oh, You're all right. You're all right. You got this. Okay. Question number one: The professional sports organization whose hall of fame is in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the way a puck is put into play in a hockey game as the ref drops the puck between two opposing players. We'll check in. All right, hold my beer has checked in. I'm almost afraid to hear this conversation. Our even, fan club can now talk it out. It doesn't even make sense. The puck is put into oh, play. Oh, I got it. I got it. It's a puck drop. No, I got this. This is terrible. This is terrible. You ready for this? Uh, sure. Uh, I think I the first part's NASCAR. Is the second part face off? NASCAR face? Oh, my word. I'm <laughs> mad at that. That's worse than the Bermanisms. I, that's what I think it is. I think yep. the first part has to be NASCAR. Yep. And it's a face-off, yep. right? So yep. NASCAR face-off. Yep. That's bad. That's that's worse than Scott's almost. <laughs> Keeping a poker face here so they don't know that I know this. I mean, Dan, you're in North Carolina. I mean, it's... I mean, what else could be in North Carolina? Uh, there's other things here. All right. Was that a check-in? I'm still waiting. I, I, no. No. Sure. NASCAR face-off. I think is what we're going with begrudgingly. Okay. And hold my beer. What did you guys have? It took longer for me to type it out and show, show Tim what, what I think it was than it was for me to get it right away. But yes, it's NASCAR face off. Yes. With Scarface being the overlapping movie title. Well, now you get the hang of it. Okay. Points all around. Question number two. 2005 World Series MVP outfielder who hit 325 home runs in his career and five-time Pro Bowl linebacker who was a member of the 1990s All-Decade team, most notably playing for the Steelers and Buccaneers. Let's check this in, Tim. This is, this is beautiful. All right. Hold My Beer has checked in. John Urschel Fan Club. Time to talk it out. The first half is Jermaine Dye. And I was thinking, what movie could go with Die? And I was like, Die Hard. And I was like, Hardy Nickerson. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think I don't think there's a a player named Another Day. So <laughs> I, I think that's got to be what it is. 
<laughs> All right. So we're going to check in with Jermaine Die Hardy Nickerson. Okay. Yeah. And, and hold my beer. Dan came across and said it's Jermaine Die. And as soon as that happened, I thought, well, it's got to be Die Hard, right? So Hardy Nickerson was the one. I was a little confused. I didn't, I don't remember as a Steeler, but uh, Dickerson I definitely is what you said, though. Yeah. Hardy Nickerson. Right. And so I, uh, yeah, I don't remember as a as a Steeler, but I do definitely remember him as a Buck. But so that's what we uh, we checked in as well. Jermaine Die Hardy Nickerson. That is correct. With Die Hard, of course, being famous Christmas movie, being the overlapping part of Jermaine Die and Hardy Nickerson. See, you you made it through two out of three. We're we're good. You we're haven't good. gotten out of two out of three without head shakes and eye rolls, though. Uh, that's fine. But well, I count that one on that. was awesome. That I one count, was awesome. I count on that, John. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if we'll see. Let's we'll see how many eye rolls this one's going to generate. Oh question, no. Question number three: The first two-time inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame, who was ranked number one on Sports Illustrated's 2021 list of best all-time wrestlers, and 2016 Wooden and Naismith Award winner who has played for three teams in his seven-year career and was given his name after a character in Married with Children. We are going to check in. All right. John Osho Fan Club has checked in. Hold my beer. Talk it out. Okay. This is Buddy Held. Okay. So. It could probably be Air Bud. Right. That's what I'm thinking too. So, so now we got to reverse engineer the. Uh, the WWE Hall of Famer. The WWE so. one. What no, could it not, be? It, it's not like Ultimate Warrior. Uh I mean, if you said it wrong, it could be. Right. Ultimate Warrior. The Warrior. The warrior. <laughs> I can't believe I don't know the first half of this. Oh, this is crazy. Um having a really hard time with this. Um it's not anybody old, right? We wouldn't think it would be that they wouldn't have read I mean SI is two twenty twenty one list of best all time wrestlers. So uh Bruno San Martino, like we're not I mean the only one I can think of that ends with air is like Bianca Belair, but <laughs> Coco beware. <laughs> oh no. Coco <laughs> beware. <laughs> I mean, it has to be somebody huge. I don't understand how we can't, how we're missing this. Hulk Hogan, Legion of Doom. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Jesus, thank you. Jeez. Because yeah. it would have been the four horsemen and then him yes, as on yes. his own. God. <sighs> All right. Was that a check in? Yeah, we'll check in. Ric Flair, bud. He held. Give me D held. He held. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Healed. Actually. Yes. All right. Healed. And John Herschel fan club. What did you guys have? How did it take them that long? That's for Seriously. Drama. That's really. Uh, that might be. Well, a new you guys should point. feel embarrassed. We are. You came up I'm with Coco beer Beware. It's, it's before it's and Bianca. Whoever Woo! Bianca Belair is. Well, I. Yeah, um, she's the yes, Raw Women's Champion right now. It's Ric Flair, Buddy Healed. That is correct. Points all around. Thank you for indulging me on my crazy halftime. Oh, but yes, and and Dan, I was wondering. I mean, you were working so hard on the W, the two-time Hall of Famer. He was inducted, of course, as as Ric Flair, but also as part of the Horsemen. And I just figured, as soon as you saw number one on Sports Illustrated's all-time wrestlers, there's only. I mean, it, who could it sensibly be? I mean, Flair was sort of the best all time. Yeah, Coco so. Beware, obviously. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Coco beware, bud. I think so. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Halftime is mercifully, mercifully come to an end. Yikes. And here are My head hurts. <laughs> All right. After halftime, we have scores of hold my beer with 325 points. Trailing just behind John Urschel fan club with 355 points. And now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, 
Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter is going to be David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of three pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, the teams will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 25 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Question number one of David and Goliath. The last time that a team had players finish 1-2-3 in MVP voting was in 1966. Not surprisingly, the three players were from the Baltimore Orioles who won the World Series. For David, I want you to tell me two of these three players share a last name, and both of them are in the Hall of Fame. Name them. For Goliath, interestingly, well, at least to me, interestingly, the team that finished in second place in the AL that year, and remember this was before divisional playoffs, they had players who finished four, five, and six in the MVP voting. And all three of those are now in the Hall of Fame. I want you to name two of the three. All right, we'll check in. All right, Hold My Beer has checked in. John Urschel Fan Club. Give you about 20 seconds. Mason, you were quick with the David. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Frank and Brooks Robinson. Yeah, it's gotta yeah. Be. So that absolutely was a David question. I just hadn't turned my brain on. You were too quick to get there. But the more I thought about the Goliath, especially with how David wrote uh, are now in the Hall of Fame, that's what really started tipping me off. And the Twins were good. They went to the World Series in 65. So they had a good team. Two of them went into the Hall of Fame last year on the whichever committee, the senior committee, whatever the it's got a different name, but you know, whatever they went in last year together. So with, with the way that's stated, I'm feeling more and more comfortable that the twins finish second and that it would be any two. You could pick two of the three, Killebrew, Oliva and or Cot, any of those two. Well, let's pick the two that went in together. All right. Then we're going to check that's in. What tipped you off with it. We're going to check in with Oliva and Cot for the Goliath. All right, and hold my beer. It is remarkable how close both of us, Josh, you and I both had on that. I, I just know because Jim Cott was a family acquaintance of ours. I just I just know he had 25 wins in 66. And Harmon Killebrew had to be up there. So we said um, Killebrew and Cott for Goliath. Both teams are very nicely receiving points. This is the other reason why I needed to have Dan and Josh on opposite teams tonight <laughs> because hashtag too much Minnesota. But when I, 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 I mean, everyone knows who's heard me ask questions. I, I, I love these kinds of weird anomalies. Like the fact that the last time that uh, the somebody was one, two, three was, it was the Baltimore Orioles, of course. And it was Frank and Brooks Robinson. Any guesses on who the third one was? Um, I couldn't even it, think of another one. Um, Boog Powell. It was Boog Powell. Oh, that is correct. Yeah. And four, five, and six were Harmon Killebrew, Jim Cott, and Tony Oliva. Well done to both teams. Really nicely done. I, polls, yeah, I, I don't think I would have pulled the trigger without the wording of all three are now in yep. the Hall of Fame. 
that yep, was what, exactly where I, I got it from too. Yeah. Because I was like, cause I knew the twins, they were really good in the mid sixties. So I was like, uh, but then as soon as you, I read that again, I was like, Oh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the twins. So, yeah. Especially David, when you, no, you like no questions playoffs. like this, don't you? <laughs> it's it's true. type. Yeah. We should, we should, we should call these David questions. Huh? <laughs> you know, that's a good idea, Dan. Let's, let's I wonder why nobody's thought of that before. Well, what do you call- because it came from Dan, we have to go by the naming. Is that that's correct? Right. Yeah, that's right. Dan yep. is the official namer of things on the Benchwarmer Trivia Podcast. All right. Question number two of David versus Goliath. David, in the Super Bowl era, what's the only team to go undefeated through the regular season and win the Super Bowl? Goliath, in the Super Bowl era, what team holds the record for the longest regular season winning streak with 23 games, obviously spanning multiple seasons? We'll check in. All right. Hold my beer. has checked in. That leaves about 15 seconds for John Herschel fan club to put something together. I like the Colts. Yes. The Patriots had the undefeated regular season and could have stretched on both sides. And I'm sure they're up there, but that just right. feels too obvious that you could have it. You know that. Right. But like I mean, you said, the Colts covers- went 14 and 0 to start the 09 season they won the Super Bowl in 08, even though that doesn't I come have, into play. I know I miss I'm I actually really, really miscounted because that would be 43, and that was not the Colts. Oh, Four, they won okay. 42. 43 but would have been in cart, but they but it's close enough to it. They were, I mean they won so many games in the Peyton Manning era that they easily yes. could have had a nine and oh stretch at the end of the regular season. Right. I was just my logic was this has to be a team that was hot at the end and then started off very hot the next year. And one of the first ones I remember because it was the Saints and Colts being undefeated for so long because the yep. Saints went 13 and 0 to start. And I know they didn't have a 10 game win streak that season before because um, they were not particularly great. But. And I don't like to think about that season, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For, for, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> no, no, um, it's it's all right. I. Yeah. I, if you want to risk it, I think that's a, there's. Like you said, they have to have had a long stretch in at least one of the seasons, right? Like, right, yeah, it yeah it has to happen the way with twenty three. I mean, if you go sixteen zero, that's still seven more games. So you right. would, or it could be two double digit or close to double digit streaks. And I, I mean, this is that would be the the Colts would be a good candidate for it because of the time frame because yep. of how good they were. So I, I'm if you want to go for it, I, I think it's a good answer. To I say go for it. I. I we're going to go Goliath with the Indianapolis Colts. All right. And hold my beer. We were talking about the Colts. We we're talking about that Patriots team. And then you never know with the Patriots. They could have done it more than once. Um, I've had a nice long run like that. And then in 2015, Carolina went 14 and 0. And I, there were just so many teams out there that we just decided to go with the Dolphins with the sure bet. So we went with the Dolphins for David. All right, so let's do these in order. So the David, of course, is the Miami Dolphins. Everybody knows that season and and for history and the fact that there's some of the remaining Dolphins still obnoxiously crack open champagne when the last team loses. But yes, that is correct. And for the Goliath, the correct answer is the Indianapolis Colts. Nice. Well done. Both teams will be receiving points. So in 2008, the Colts started three and four. Then they won nine straight, but because they lost the way the playoffs were set up that year, they lost the division, even though they finished 12 and four. I think the Titans won the division that year at 13 yeah. and three. Mm-hmm. So they, so the Colts not only didn't 
didn't win the division because they didn't win the division. They had to go for a road game in the playoffs in the first round. They lost to the chargers. So they were, they were bumped. Then the next season they started out 14 and 0. And I think Mason hit a lot of this. It was actually, that's when they famously in their 15th game, they had already clinched everything. So they sat there. They sat their starters. They arguably got rusty. They weren't playing that well. And then they lost to the saints. So there you go. Mason remembers that one. I'm sure very well. So yes, Yes, nine straight in 2008, followed by 14 straight to start out 2009 for a total of 23 games. Well done. Well done to both teams. All right. You thought question one was a David question. Wait till you hear this one, Dan. (laughs) Okay. David, with 511 wins, what pitcher who played from 1890 to 1911 holds the record for most wins for a pitcher with at least 2,000 career strikeouts? For Goliath, with 132 wins, what pitcher who pitched from 1998 to 2013 holds the record for fewest wins for a pitcher with at least 2,000 career strikeouts. That would be a little bit obscure, so I have a few hints for you. 117 of his 132 wins came in the NL, and he also finished his career with 87 saves. Yeah, we'll check in. All right, hold my beer, has checked in. You can have 30 seconds, John Urschel Fan Club. Well, I think we're at the point of figuring out if we want to take a shot or not. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah. I don't know. It. I mean, we're up right now, but I don't know if I don't. They don't seem like they're going for it, but I mean, they could be faking us out here. Yeah, I have um, no idea. I can't. Yeah, uh, I can never read Dan. <laughs> but I don't know. I. The only reason I have this name is because he was mentioned on the podcast recently. I think it was. I think it was Scott that mentioned him as a guy that did both. I mean, pitch. I know he pitched a long time, but I think he mentioned that he did, he saved a good bit. Yeah, because like I said, right. 87 saves, if he was a pretty decent, you know, closer, that's you're talking three or four years probably. Right. And I mean, for a guy in the NL, mostly, you know, Ryan Dempster fits that because he played for the Marlins. He played for the Cubs for a long time. I couldn't tell you where else. I, I mean, right if it is him, can't either. yeah. It's all I have. I'm pretty sure he started with the Marlins and he was with the Cubs for the long, only team I can remember him seeing him play for is the Cubs. But yeah, 87 is a lot, but maybe he did get there in three, four years. I think it's possible. I don't know about the strikeouts, the wins. I couldn't begin to tell you, but yeah. I mean, for that time frame, 15 years, not even 10 wins a year. I mean, if if the bulk of his career was with the Marlins and the Cubs and the Cubs, Cubs not ri- I, the, he could easily have not won much a ton of games. <laughs> yeah. All right. But um, yeah, I don't know if I, you're the one who came up with that. If you if you have if you think you have a strong enough inkling, we can go for it. Otherwise, we can just go with the David of Cy Young. And uh, I just I know he fits the saves part, fits the NL part. The time frame's about right. All right, we're going to go Goliath, Ryan Dempster. All right, and hold my beer. We couldn't think, figure it out either. We went, we threw a couple names back. I was thinking like Odalis Perez or somebody like that. That Ryan Dempster, not a bad guess. I like it. Uh, but we went with the David with for uh, Cy Young. So let's do these again in order. Of course, the 511 wins is a record that will never be broken. That was set by Mr. Cy Young himself. It's true. And for that, he won zero Cy Young awards. And the Goliath, he had 132 wins. Uh, his his record in the NL was actually 117 and 121. So he was a remarkably 500 pitcher. 
He did pitch for the Cubs and Marlins, and his name is Ryan Dempster. Oh, Mason. Very, very nice pull. I am am thoroughly impressed. Yeah, most of the time, the 87 saves, I think when he was with the Cubs, he was sort of half closer, half starter. When he was with the Marlins, I think he was 100% a starter. And I think you're right. Scott may have mentioned him on a recent episode. That's the only reason that name even came in my head, because he I think it was Scott that mentioned it. Yeah. And as a guy that did it for a little bit, and that was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. So he had, I saw this stat somewhere. I don't know where, um, a long time ago, maybe not that long ago, but it was, he couldn't have been that long ago, obviously. So he had just over, he had, I think 2,075, uh, career strikeouts, which is a good healthy chunk of strikeouts for a guy who only had 132 wins. So well done Goliath points for John Urschel fan club and hold my beer, David points. Apparently I need to pay attention a little more to what Scott says on the podcast. (laughs) So after the third quarter, we have scores of the John Urschel fan club with 505 points with a pretty decent lead over Hold My Beer with 425 points. But a long way to go because that will bring us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. So when I sat down to write this game, it happened to be Jim Carrey's birthday. So the categories for today are as follows. Question one, Bruce Almighty, which will be about MLB Hall of Famers. Question two, Mr. Popper's Penguins, which is about the NHL. Question number three, Man on the Moon, which is about the NFL. And question four, The Mask, which will be about distance running. None of this feels good to me. Thanks, David. It's now time for the teams to place their wagers. (laughs) Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question number one in Bruce Almighty. Hall of Fame Bruce Sutter, who passed away this past October, is currently 31st all-time in career saves. However... At the time of his retirement in 1988, he was third all time. Name both of the players who were ahead of him at the time of his retirement. We're going to check in. All right. John Urschel Fan Club has checked in. Hold my beer. We'll give you about 25 seconds. Okay. So we got Raleigh Fingers. We've got maybe Goose Gossage. We got Lee Smith. Now, Lee Smith played a long time after Sutter retired. But That's he's it. also like third on the list. He was he was the leader for a long time until I think like Trevor Hoffman and Rivera passed him. But how many more saves do you think he has than Smith? I mean, I'm with you 100 percent because I remember him being, you know, his longevity is what get, got him there. Right. Right. More than anything, because he was on the Cubs, I believe, in the early 90s. I think I just remember him being around forever. Even I think he came to was on the Cardinals for a year or two, whatever. Uh, uh, and later on in his career. Um, and then Goose Gossage probably played till early 90s. What do we say? Stats or the save stat came into effect in mid 70s. Yeah. yeah. I, I think and Eckersley be- played until the 90s. And- right. Oh man! You would think the majority of his came in the 88, 89, 90 seasons. Yeah, but right. Yeah. All right. So I I think Lee Smith for sure, and probably Raleigh Fingers. You think Smith had enough? 
Oh, it's gonna be close. Before before um before Sutter left in eighty eight. Like, yeah, he played like ten years. What, what do you want to say? Fingers and Eckersley? Do you want to say fingers and Gossage? I don't think it's Gossage. I think I think he's too close. Okay. That's a good question. Uh, I think Lee Smith's probably got like 150 more saves than than him. I I, I like I think I like Smith and Fingers the best. Okay. Sounds right. good. We'll go oh, Smith yeah. and Fingers. For how many points? For 100. Yikes. All right. And John Russell Fan Club, what'd you guys have? So Mason was pretty quick with Fingers, and I think Raleigh Fingers is definitely um, one of the ones ahead. And because I think he had retired before um, Sutter retired. So then we were trying to think, and Goose Gossage was the name I that popped in my mind because I know that you know, the bulk of his saves probably happened from the mid seventies to the mid eighties. I know he pitched beyond 88, but I don't think he was a closer then. I think he had moved to middle relieving at that point. Lee Smith, I think started in 80. I didn't even bring him up because I just don't think he had enough years to, to be above 300. So we are checking in with Raleigh fingers and goose gossage for 100 points. So one team will be receiving points. So you both had Raleigh Fingers nailed. He Fingers had 341 saves and he retired in 1982. Lee Smith, to Bombax point, pitched well into the 90s. And actually, that's when he was racking up a ton of saves. He had mid-40s multiple times uh with the Cardinals. He had some seasons with the Red Sox in there. I mean, Lee Smith actually bounced around a lot and got a lot of saves and was never anything but a closer, as I remember. Goose Gossage actually retired the same year that Bruce Sutter did, but finished ahead of him in saves. So the correct answer is actually Goose Gossage and Raleigh Fingers. So that I'm, I'm is... so sorry, man. I, I sh- I'm holding your beer. I should just let you answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, you had it. You had it, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. We're good. There's still time. There is still time, but we won't announce the score. Question two <laughs> in Mr. Popper's Penguins. On December 31st, 1988, Mario Lemieux scored five goals one of 63 times in NHL history that a player has scored at least five goals in a game. However, what was unique about Super Mario's five goals on that particular night? All right, we'll check in. Hold My Beer has checked in. John Oshaw Fan Club, time to talk it out. So, Mason, you pretty quickly sent what? Well, I don't know. I feel like I've read this, that he did it in five different ways, but as me not knowing what much about hockey, I don't know what that exactly entails. Okay. Um. So... I, I, it's something I've read somewhere. I, I don't even know if that means anything. But All right. So you're saying five goals, five ways, right? I like chili five I'm, ways. So, so chili I'm just trying ways. to think. So there's regular strength. There's power play. There's shorthanded. There's an empty netter. Could have he gotten a penalty shot? That doesn't happen about, often, but. Yeah. I mean, that's only I like, two I can name off the top of my head were power play and penalty. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I filled in three others, so that is five ways. Right. I mean, I don't know what else would be, what else would be unique about scoring five. I don't think there would be anything else other than them being all in five different like ways. Unless it was like, unless it was like five goals in a period or something, like in I, one period. I, I like the five goals, five ways. Okay, that's the only thing I had. So. So I think we listed the, the five ways. So five goals, yeah. five ways. If, if that's enough for you, David, is that enough of an answer? That's enough for me. All right. So okay. five goals, five ways for 100 points. Okay. And hold my beer. What did you guys have? 
he got it all exactly the way it was. It was it was those five those five ways. So we did that for a hundred. Both teams are correct, and I guess technically there are more ways if you start counting like the one man advantage versus the two man advantage or the shorthanded oh. versus two short. But to do, five, do they clarify those as different for no, shorthanded or for a power play? I mean. I don't know. I remember seeing once that somebody scored like a two-man advantage, a one-man advantage. So I, I don't know. But anyway, Mar- uh, the way Mario Lemieux did it, and it is five goals, five ways. Uh, it was on the power play. It was five on five, regular, shorthanded, penalty shot, and an empty netter. So there you go. Both teams are receiving points. Well done. Once again, we won't recall the scores. Question three, man on the moon. During Warren Moon's career, he set season records for passing yards for three different franchises. Two of those have since been surpassed multiple times. Which team's single-season franchise passing mark does Warren Moon still own? We'll check in. All right. John Urshel Fan Club has checked in. Hold my beer. We'll give you about 30 seconds. I I, I don't see how it's not Oilers-Titans, right? I mean... It's not like they have a lot of prolific passers, you know? You, You would think the Vince Young might be the only one that, you know, Hasselbeck's not... wasn't passing him, you know, uh... Geno Smith just just passed the the Seahawks record this year, right? Which was held by Russell, right? And Culpepper has the Vikings, right? And Mahomes has the Chiefs. He didn't play for anybody else except for Edmonton and the Oilers. It's got to it's got to be right. Oh. Just uh, can we yeah, add? Yeah. Did we? Did you tell us it was an NFL question, David? I said it was an NFL question. Yeah. Yes. In, yes. In it would the, have been very sneaky. In the category. No, no, that would have been terrible. It was in, in the, in, uh, it's not in the, the category name, but I said it was pertaining to the NFL. Yes. Yeah, right, right. Right. I'm not yeah. trying to do something stupid like Edmonton. <laughs> All right. Let's, it's gotta, it's, it's gotta be the Oilers slash Titans then. Are we, are we missing anywhere else that he would have went? I'm pretty sure those are the only ones. I, I wrote a question about him and sharing um, teammates with people that were in the in the Hall of Fame, or I mean, I'm sorry, people that went that played for the Hall of Fame that played for different or that were in the Hall of Fame that played for different uh, teams. Yeah, I mean that sounds good to me. Checking with the Oilers slash yeah. Titans or how many points? One hundred. Okay, thank you. And John O'Shea Fan Club, what did you guys have? That sounds just like what Mason and I were going back and forth. We're like, we're like, it's not. The Vikings is not the Chiefs. It can't be see the Seahawks. It was like we got to that same place of it's got to be the Oilers slash Titans, right? I mean, it just has to. Tannehill be. didn't pass him. Now I'm sure Tannehill's in their top five probably because these days you just throw so much, even though he doesn't throw that much. But right, I must say he's one of the. <laughs> but yeah, he throws less than or through less than most others. So yeah, so. We also checked in with the Oilers slash Titans for 100 points. Yeah, it's sometimes fun to write questions that I'm hoping people won't overthink, and then they do, and then they're saying it just has to be. But yes, it is in fact the Oilers Titans. He set the record. You, you guys all, you know, you guys all got it. He set the Seahawks record in '97, I think was the year, and now that record, now that season is the ninth best. Russell passed him five times. Hasselbeck passed him twice. And as somebody pointed out, Geno Smith passed that record this year. So he's now ninth for C- on the Seahawks. And the Vikings, he's now the fifth best season because he was passed first by Culpepper and has been passed three times by Dan and Josh's favorite, Kirk Cousins. 
So obviously the game has changed, but still, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that he had three different records and he had to break down where he was and then where he was. It, it, it seems like just a matter of time before somebody passes him, even, even in Tennessee, but yes, points all around. Well you're, done. Well you're done. Evil. You are just evil. Which yeah. part? The fact that it was too easy to. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then we thought, and then we all talked it out for as long as we possibly could to figure out that it was the team that it, obviously was going to be i'm trying to write my questions easier hey, so, you know, all Larry right. it's, it's all it, it's all right don't david don't let them don't let them get you down <laughs> no but no, writing questions that i can actually get to a correct answer on is very much appreciated well, the thing we'll is see. is that he he writes these david questions <laughs> no, oh, and then we, now, we're, we're going into it thinking okay there has to be a there has to be a twist here someplace <laughs> now to right. be but, fair his david questions aren't always difficult they're just stats laden yeah that's they're not true. always hard they just they're chock full of stats like this one and, and, this and in the end he's but... just a simple farm boy that he is true. just a simple farm boy. <laughs> yes you're not wrong all right now we'll see how much how much anger we get from this one question number four category is the mask in november of last year a man known to his friends as uncle chen completed the Xinjiang Marathon in a respectable three hours and 28 minutes, finishing 574th out of 1, 000, about 1,500 runners. I didn't get the exact number. However, unlike any of the other competitors, Uncle Chen was doing this the entire time. Uh, we will check in. All right. For the last time tonight, Hold My Beer has checked in. And John Herschel Fan Club, you can talk it out. So I think he's I doing both. No, 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 no. The first one was, I think that I heard about that one. That was somebody else. That was a different person who ran, who ran a full marathon backwards. That's, that's not what this I was guy. thinking. But that's not this guy. Okay. <laughs> what a weird question, but it's funny. He was smoking while running the marathon. He was smoking cigarettes. Smoking what? Cigarettes. Oh, okay. He was smoking yeah. while running the marathon. He Brought was like a pack cigarettes of cigarettes and just was lighting them as he was going. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those weird things you just stumble upon on the internet. I have not heard about this at all. I'm almost certain that's what it is. Like I said, there I mean, was there was somebody not too long ago who did a marathon running backwards. It wasn't this guy. So is this guy trying to run a marathon to counteract the fact that he's smoking? Right? It's doing something healthy to... To like balance that out or just if you're a marathon uh, runner, you're not in your right mind to begin with. So what the hey? Might as well have some heaters while running twenty six point two miles. Exactly. I mean, yeah. The marathon itself might kill him. I mean, I <laughs> it'd kill me. <laughs> just saying. Might yeah. as well go out in a blaze of glory. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, I think that's what it is. I think I think he ran the marathon smoking cigarettes. Okay, I trust you. I've I've heard nothing of the sort. What a so, weird, sure. it's, it's a weird story. So that's okay. what we're checking in with. He ran while smoking cigarettes for what did we say? Twenty one points. Twenty one. Yes, twenty one. All right. And this hold guy's my... a knucklehead. <laughs> All right, and hold my beer. What did you guys have? Ah, uh, so I jokingly said chain smoking to Dan because I must have seen this and it was just in the back of my head and he said yeah that's it and then after I kept looking and I looked at the actual name of the category which is the mask in the mask the guy goes smoking so that now brings it all together 
where we also said that he was smoking during while he was running. I, I read about this and I, I remember what the, what I remembered about this was the someone said that it was basically he was he was running the marathon on hard mode. <laughs> How, here's my thing how would you feel to be the other participants who's sitting there having to breathe in his secondhand smoke you know because it's not like well the good news is well first let's close this out how many points did you have 100 100 so both teams are receiving points and tim did pick up on my subtle hint that it was from the mask and yes that's what jim carrey said when he first put on the mask was he was smoking so yes that's exactly right that that was that was the hint there. Too bad Mason didn't pick up on it. But yeah. um, yes, so the thing the thing to remember, of course, is that as annoying as it would be, like he it's not like he was running it in a bar. He was running outside. So you could control a little bit about how close you got to him. But he was literally, I can't remember, I saw something about the number of cigarettes that he went through. He was literally chain smoking the whole time. And I kept having these visions. You see these marathon runners and everybody's lined up on the side of the road to give them to give water or whatever. And he just kept running by maybe and picking up cigarettes from somebody. <laughs> just kept smoking. <laughs> Instead of a glass, he was asking for a lighter. That's right. That's right. That's right. He's probably he's, looking for beer, booze no, but, with the smokes. But, you know, it's 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 stunning enough that he did actually fairly well. I mean, to run a marathon in three hours and 28 minutes is, is, is no small task. But the fact is he was smoking the whole time. And, I mean – the, the breathing and he's lighting the cigarettes as he's going. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, he was in the top one third or whatever of the, of the participants. So yeah, I mean, can you imagine I'll, what his heart rate was? It was probably like, I, <laughs> I, I can't. And, and by the way, this is not the first time and the only time he's done it. He has a chain smoking marathoner. This I mean, a, I was going to say, this, this wasn't thing. his first rodeo. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's exactly this guy right. runs marathons. And if you're going to, I guess if you're a smoker, you can't go, Three hours, Three hours and 28 minutes without not, one. So not if this... you're not if you're a chain smoker. The other thing that I was wondering is how you train for this, right? Like, does he just chain smoke a lot and then he runs marathons? Or do he has, does he actually go out and chain smoke marathons to do this? Like, I just think like, the dude smokes a lot, whatever he's doing. This is like the 21st century Marlboro man, right? Like <laughs> exactly. I, was I, he doing the was he doing the Walt Disney thing? Was he pointing things out with his two fingers because the the uh <laughs> the magazine took the took the cigarettes out of the uh <laughs> very nice very nice all right well our game has come to an end and here are the final scores hold my beer finished with a respectable 625 points and our clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the coveted ryan fitzpatrick award with 826 points is the john urschel fan club and i want to point out that i think this was a legitimate perfect game I don't what? think you guys. No. I don't think you guys missed anything, and we you did. got you got three Goliaths. Did you not? We missed Barbarian. We said, oh, oh yeah, we missed Barbarian. We, we you said missed. We knew the theme. We ah. just get. Ah, yep. you're right. You are correct. So it wasn't yes. even a. It wasn't even a uh, no hitter. That's nope. true. It wasn't. But when I went back to look, I realized you got all three Goliaths. You got the missing link first, and you got all four fourth quarter questions plus all four haikus. So yes. All right. So Tim. Uh, I want to thank you again for support for the podcast, but also uh, just for jumping on last minute when we were in, when we were in dire need of a player. So thank you for being available and ready to jump on. And, and uh, so we'll let you have the floor. What would you like to say? No, I appreciate you guys reaching out. I was just sitting there watching football and I'm like, I've got nothing better to do. I was needed something to pull me out of the couch. So I appreciate you guys calling me and, uh, or, and when Dan said he'd hold my beer, I said, I'm in. So uh, <laughs> I figured you hold my, you hold my beer and I'll drag us down and we'll have a good old time tonight. 
No, but I I held your beer and took us down at the same time. So <laughs> it wouldn't yeah, have mattered. It would no, not it really have wouldn't have, but still. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. So I want to thank all the players. Thank you, Tim, for coming on again. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all of our supporters. And for Dan, Mason, Josh, and all the bench warmers, I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. And we'll keep the light on. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.